In today's episode of Grow, we meet with one of Australia's highest profile property commentators, Ray White Chief Economist, Nerida Connorsby. Nerida is not only one of Australia's most successful economists, she's also a wife and a mother. And in today's episode, we talk about the challenges that Nerida has overcome to achieve growth. Nerida, welcome to today's podcast. It's really fantastic to have you with us. And what a journey it's been. You know, it's a, it's been an interesting journey. So tell us, first of all, uh, did you always intend to be an economist? Yeah, I look, I always like numbers. And so when I was at school, I was really good at maths. And I started uni, I started doing actuarial studies. Um, I didn't like it that much. And I started doing more statistics and particularly econometrics. So at that point, I knew I loved numbers and I found economics really interesting. And as a result, it did put me on this path to, to where I am now. Now, I think the interesting thing about our podcast is, um, you know, in life, we all have choices. And, uh, you know, I think the, the thing about growth is when we have choices, it is pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. And uh, I'm sure that as you've gone through your life and your career, um, a lot of the things that you've done have been to push yourself out of your comfort zone. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, when you're at uni, um, you know, those years from university and those early years, sort of, you know, late teens, early 20s, are often a period of uncertainty for young people. So take us back to that time for you. Yeah, so I, I got my, it was in the early 90s when I graduated and at the time I was in Melbourne and Melbourne had a very, very high unemployment rate. So the youth unemployment rate was about 25%. Wow, so that's incredible, isn't <laughs> incredible. it? Incredible, it was tough. Yeah. And so most of my friends didn't have jobs, so they were stayed at school and um, I, I, I graduated and um, I had three job offers, so I felt very privileged to have three job offers. That, that's amazing because I imagine, you know, going through university with those sort of unemployment statistics of 25%, you know, you had that thought in the back of your mind, am I going to get a job? Exactly. Or what sort of job will I get? You know, will it not, not be a very good job after all these years of study? And yeah, so I, I felt very lucky. One of the jobs was working in Canberra as a transport economist. Another one was with NAB and their graduate program. And, and the third one was with a economic consulting firm that specialised in forecasting for property and ended up taking that one. And it was quite, you know, unusual at the time. Property in the early 90s wasn't such a popular career uh, Absolutely. Well, you know, I think it's really interesting when we reflect back to the 90s, it was, it was actually a really challenging time because interest rates were incredibly high then, weren't they? They were high and commercial property was bad. You know, everything was really, really tough. So... I got this job and um, and I and I enjoyed it. You know, it was it was working up for a lot of really big commercial property owners. There was a lot around forecasting turnover for shopping centres. Learned so much, um, but I didn't love it. You know, I, I think looking back, I kind of assumed no one liked their job that much, and I was probably consistent with that. That you know, I could do the job. I got paid well, but but I didn't love it. So. Um, so quite, probably did that for about 10 years, which <laughs> is a long time. Long time and exactly. <laughs> it's a job that you don't love. To, to stick it out. It yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's interesting because, you know, um, do you think you stuck that job out for 10 years just because you didn't know what it was that was on the other side? Mm. The money was good. You sort of thought, oh, well, 
I won't take the risk. What was it that made you take that leap of faith to yeah, change? Yeah, it was, it was totally that. I didn't, didn't think there was a better job for me out there. And I think that's one of the clear things I can see now is that there's always a better job out there. You know, I think you think it's, you know, you do tend to stay in jobs that aren't the best for you or you're not enjoying as much because you're so fearful of what happens next. And and the thing that happened, I went to work for a company and, um, and they had a really great marketing uh, head of marketing and she started she said to me start writing a few articles and we'll we'll get them on um we'll get them in media and like oh that sounds fun you know a little bit different and i um i wrote an article i can't remember what i wrote it was on some demographic trend in regional victoria and i got on the radio and i got in the newspaper and and I was like, oh, this is so much fun. But I was like, but it's really a job. And I didn't really think of it as a job. And it wasn't until, you know, quite a bit later that I realised, no, this is something that people, people want to hear the messaging and people want to understand things. And, um, and there's certainly a lot, of, a lot that I can do in this space. I think that's a really interesting point because um, it sounds to me that, you know, your, your media career was quite an accidental progression and here you were in a situation where you were stagnant and suddenly you discovered a new skill and you went, wow, I find some, found something that excites me. Is that when you started to notice that your career took a different yeah. direction? I really started to enjoy it. You know, I think that was, I, I went to work for a um, commercial agency. I was heading up their research departments, working at JLL and then Collier's. And, you know, I wasn't, they, they weren't full on media roles. I mean, I was managing big research teams and re big research distribution and, and the like. So, you know, I weren't full on media, but it was certainly something that I was like, well, this is such a fun part of my job and amazing if it could be my job more. And, um, and eventually it did happen that I, I ended up moving from commercial to residential, um, went to work for REA Group. And at that point, it, it did become a much greater part of my role. So it's interesting, Nerida, you know, um, you make economics, for me anyway, you make economics really simple. Um, you make property economics incredibly enjoyable um, and, and, and really informative, which, which is a gift to do that. Um, when you have a look at your career, it, it hasn't really been, you know, a straight line. You've had some challenges. Um, you know, I, I often hear of, uh, of other people when they talk about their careers saying that there's never a straight line to success. What are some of the, the challenges and hurdles that you have overcome in your, in your success? Yeah, look, I think you're right. You know, when you have a look at a career, it's never plain sailing. Like I've never met anyone where it's just been, oh, I just got this job and then I got another amazing job. And then, you know, I kept going and climbing up the ladder. There's always setbacks and you know, you, you hit brick walls and you hit people that you don't get along with. And, you know, so there's always something that, that does impede your journey. And, um, and, and it, has, it has obviously happened to me. I mean, I think for most women going through and having children is a big one. You know, it's a really hard decision to have kids. Um, looking back, it shouldn't have been such a hard decision, but you know, at the time, it was it was quite it was a very hard decision for me. And and then once I had my children, also working as a when they were very little was hard too, because at that point, that was when I joined Colliers, and that was when my career really started to take off. But at the same time, my kids were under three, so it was you know, on one hand, my career was going amazing, but then I really missed them and really missed being with them day to day and. You know, that was an incredibly hard time period for me. 
Yes, look, I think, you know, that, uh, you know, what, what you're saying, you know, about um, it is a very um, double-edged sword, isn't it? You know, because to be a mother is just such a, a gift and such an incredible blessing. And, you know, once you experience that, it is indescribable, the, the joy that it gives you of being a parent. And what you're saying is that mother's guilt is real, isn't it? It is real. Yeah, and it's so... It's so unnecessary to beat yourself up about it, but it's, it's real. And look, it wasn't, it wasn't even guilt, you know. Like I, I, it partly was, but you know, I knew they were being well looked after. So it wasn't. It was never that I felt they were missing out in their lives. I knew they weren't missing out in their lives. I think it was just that I just missed them, and I liked being around them and hanging out with them. And um, you know, and, and it's it's interesting too with kids because you know they're so cute as babies, but they're cute as teenagers too. You know, so it's not like you know, that you, you, you're forever missing out on them. It's, it's a, you know, just part of the journey. But, you know, I think that was fundamentally what it was. I just missed hanging out with them. But at the same time, I loved my job and it was doing, it was going really well. So it was a, you know, it was a, it was a hard time period in my life for sure. You know, there, there are a lot of um, parents who, who obviously will be, uh, you know, listening to our podcast. And I think one of the, uh, the interesting um, things about, you know, having a career and being a working mum is that it then draws in a whole new skill set again. Yes. <laughs> and not only that, being a wife as well. So you're juggling three really important roles, being a wife, being a mum and being a career woman. So you sort of reach that point. Um, how did you, being a working mum with young children, manage to juggle all of those roles and still maintain your own sanity? Yeah, look, I mean, it's hard, you know, and I think, I think one of the things helped that my husband and I were on the same journey. You know, he, he took a step back from his role. He, he spent a lot more time looking after the kids when they were very little day-to-day than I did. So, so that certainly helped. And, and at the same time, you know, some days I'd get home and be like, oh, I wish I was you. But then at the same time, you know, some of his days were very grindy and the kids were, you know, not always happy that he was looking after, you know, they just wanted, you know, kids, what kids are like when they're little, they can be quite tricky. So I... I missed it, but he was very good in picking that up. And I think it was just that shared journey that we went through. And um, and so I think it's... Teamwork. It, it, was, it was teamwork, you know, yeah. back at it. when it was teamwork and, um, and it was hard. You know, I think that's the thing anyone with young kids knows. It's hard, you know, you can't leave little kids alone. And, you know, it's such a revelation when your kids are old enough and you can leave them for an hour at home and go out and do something. But, you know, that's... That's a long time period from birth to, to that time to that that stage. So it is a it's a it's a it's hard work, but you know it's it's been definitely been worthwhile. I love having my kids. Yes, yeah, exactly. Now you know we we talk about um, there is there is a lot of obviously media publicity now about uh, certain changes that are coming in about um, you know e- equal opportunity and equal pay, and you know even talk now that. Uh, Pay structures are going to be made public, which is which is very interesting. Mm. When you have a look at all of that coming up in the media, um, when you have a look at your career, considering that you've come through an industry where there's probably, would you say, a minority field of women in yeah. in, in what you do? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. How have you managed to, um, you know, remain dignified, have integrity? be gracious as you are and respected um, to get to where you are because no doubt you know they have you've really had to prove yourself to get to where you are yeah look I mean it, it helps that I've had some really great people 
um, as managers. So um, a woman called Jane Murray at JLL, a guy called Will Doherty at, um, at Collier's were, were super incredible. Um, also some really amazing people at REA, um, particularly people in the, in the comms team early on um, that, that really helped me. So, you know, I think that's the thing is like when you've got great people around you, you can do great things. And um, and I always, advice. you know, I've always, I mean, when you find someone great to work for or, or someone great that you work with, you know, it's it's so good. You know, it makes your job so much fun to have those people. But conversely, when those people around you aren't that great, that's when a job becomes much less fun. So I guess I always, you know, if I was in a job and, you know, I could see changes around me and the people I was working with weren't that great. At that point, I then started to think, well, you know, I'm a little bit more open now to another role or, you know, how, how can I negotiate my way out of this? And I think that's what I have done through my career is that I haven't, um, you know, people, I, I've stayed a job for a long time, but I haven't stayed to be pig-headed. I've stayed because I've enjoyed it and I've left because I no longer enjoy it. And so I think that's one thing is that I've been consistent in doing that. I've also been dogged in determined I'm doggedly determined and so I've always pushed through those bad situations and re- realize them for bad situations and not let them deter me so I think that's yeah that's great well. so you've remained resilient and you really <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't always feel it at the time but you know <laughs> I look back at the times they were really really tough and I've, I've I have remained resilient and I've pushed my way through and I think that's the thing when you do go through tough career times or tough personal issues is that most not not everything can be resolved but a lot of things with your career can be resolved you know you can get a new boss you can change jobs you can you know move into state you know there's always something you can do there's always a solution there's always a solution yeah that's that's really good advice now the other thing narrative that I think is really interesting is that you know you are obviously very passionate about property that's that's been your main uh sort of area where you have become uh, a national voice for the the property market and your predictions based on fact have been incredibly accurate Um, and we're grateful to have you you know particularly here we are in in 2023 and uh, you know you have uh, certain things that are happening in the economy now you've actually predicted. I do want to take you back to the 90s because uh, you know here we are fashions now. Fashions are coming back. The so. fashions are, the, the big shoulder pads. <laughs> um, you know, one of the interesting things that um, we are seeing at the moment is that we've come out of a tremendous period of growth in the property market, which no one, you know, predicted, which, which has happened with COVID. And interest rates have been at an all-time low, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. and I, in our lifetime, have never seen interest rates for 1.9% um, fixed, which mm. has been extraordinary. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, people now that, that go in, you know, have, have sort of gone into a little bit of uncertainty over the past 12 months yeah. as the interest rates have gone up. Um, but I think what's really interesting is when you and I have a chat and we talk about, you know, when we were first home buyers, we had our own set of challenges to get into the market. So for anyone who's looking at getting into the market now, because that's the biggest thing, you know, I know you're passionate about um, young people taking mm, control of their money. Yeah. Um, 
what would your advice be based on, you know, going back to the 90s when it was incredibly scary for mm. you at the time with low, uh, with unemployment plus massive interest rates? Tell us a little bit about the challenges then. Yeah, so, look, every, every generation has its challenges. You know, I, I look back at, like, when my mum was looking to buy and, um, and her and my dad, and um, at that time when you got married you had to quit your job you know so that was one one side of it um you're saying women, women had to quit their job when that when they got it's married extraordinary extraordinary now. isn't it but i mean it was that's not you know that's a generation ago you know for some people too whatever but similarly if you went to a bank as a woman you couldn't borrow money on your own you had to have a husband you know so there's like that you know i can't even imagine that as a as a as a challenge would have been incredible um, homes are obviously a lot cheaper, so that wasn't a challenge, you know, so that was easier, but then it was very hard to get debt. Um, take it through to the 90s and, and, you know, we were worried about our jobs. You know, we, we bought a house and we, we didn't spend, I mean, it was, you know, our first time was pretty, pretty basic, but, you know, we were still really, really worried that we would lose our jobs. Whereas now, now is around debt levels. You know, it's it's absolutely around the high level of debt you need to take on to buy. And I, I think in, in any case, it's always around the earlier you buy, the better. Yes. Um, it probably, or the younger you buy, the better. It probably, in most cases, it actually doesn't matter what you buy. You can buy in probably any suburb or any city and you'll probably be fine long term. And, and then also having a clear direction around a long term goal. And it doesn't, you know, I think people think buying property is like, oh, you need to get a portfolio or, you know, you need to buy one property and then another property. And reality is, is that even owning your own home at retirement, it puts you in such a vastly different situation as mm. someone who's renting that you are ahead of the, of, you know, in, t in terms of being able to have a decent retirement, it, it puts you so vastly ahead that it's, it's, it's quite alarming because renters, we know renters are more likely to go into poverty um, you're more likely to not have stable housing. Um, you're at this. You're very susceptible to market changes. Um, you probably, you know, as an elderly person, having to move around a lot is very difficult. So, you know, I think there's a lot. There's always challenges in in the first instance, but trying to work out a way to overcome those challenges is really important. And at that point, once you're on that property journey, you you go through periods of higher interest rates or periods when you don't have a job or you go and have children you know mm. everyone will go through those like to get divorced you know we know people will go through those changes but you know just trying to ensure that you have you know your own home and that you're paying off is is that in a you're in a very good situation at that point you know one one very it's very interesting you talk about this because one very scary statistic is that the largest homeless population in Australia is women over 55. Mm. Um, and I know you're very passionate about young women taking financial responsibility from a young age and, um, you know, not relying on, not, you know, yes, we all want to aspire to, you know, hopefully be in, in wonderful relationships forever. There's, there's no guarantees of these, of these things. So you're quite passionate about young women taking control of their finances and taking responsibility for their finances from a young age. And, and I guess when you look at that statistic, that's something that, that illustrates why that should be the case. 
What do you have to say about that? Absolutely. Look, I I think, you know, like you say, there's no guarantees in life and you can be in a fantastic relationship, but, you know, that relationship can break down or people can lose their jobs. You know, there's so, life is long and lots of things can happen. So, you know, I think at young women, if they can afford to buy a home on their own, amazing. You know, if you can get into the market early um, and, and you, you know, go into life owning your own property, amazing. And obviously that's not for everyone, but... Even things like superannuation and, um, you know, you, you, the, the, the effect, you know, everyone, I mean, the financial advisors always talk about the effects of compounding, but, you know, money you save in your 20s is worth so much once you hit retirement compared to if you start saving in your 40s, that money's not going to be worth as much in retirement. So, you know, and, and so I think it's, you know, in your 20s, it's such a good time, even, even if you're a little bit of money, putting it aside, even buying a property that's, probably not your dream home because who buys their dream home first property no one but you know even buying a small apartment or buying in a in an area that you know you may not love but you can get a rental return you know it's such a good idea to do that and um and it is something that with my kids I say to them you know if you come out of school or you know go to university there's two things I want you to do one is to have a job you can support yourself to buy a home and you know if you do both those things I'll be happy. You know, I don't, I don't expect anything more from you from, than that because that will set you up for life financially compared to someone that doesn't make those decisions. That's that's um, tremendous advice. And I think for anyone, uh, you know, wherever they are in life, you know, that's that's just really such a, such great advice and um, the key to how you can grow a wonderful future. Exactly. Narita, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me.